When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the cheeseheads who want it fresh, and the ones who think Lambeau is a cathedral, this is Pax What She Said. Now, here's Perry Goldstein and Maggie Loney. Welcome back to another episode of the Pax What She Said podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Maggie Loney, joined as always by Perry Goldstein. And a little bit of news has kind of broken into the Twitter sphere this this past week, the Packers sphere. Um, We've been waiting like Groundhog Day to figure out when Aaron Rodgers emerges from his darkness retreat, if he will see his shadow, or if he will... That was a terrible metaphor. I'm sorry. I'm just thinking... No, I thought that was a great metaphor. (laughs) He will see the light. Will we have six more weeks of winter? Or are we moving on to the next season? To a new team and a new quarterback in Green Bay. Um, But we... uh, Not talking about Aaron Rodgers, surprisingly. We did get some news about the other Aaron on the football team. Aaron Jones restructured his contract and freed up almost $12 million for the 2023 salary cap for the Packers. So, very happy. You talked about this on Pack-A-Day. We talked about it a little bit on Twitter. But Aaron Jones being a Green Bay Packer is 1,000% better than Aaron Jones not being a Green Bay Packer. So, this is a great move for the first move of the offseason for Green Bay. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm all – I have zero negative things to say about this. Obviously, it's a – it's a, a nice chunk of money that he's getting. And there's tons of people out there who will make the argument, don't pay a running back, don't pay a running back his age, et cetera, et cetera. I don't care. I just like simply don't agree and don't care. I think Aaron Jones is, I mean, if you listen to this show, you know how much Maggie and I appreciate Aaron Jones, not just for the kind of player that he is for this team on the field, because he was easily the most dynamic weapon that the Packers had on offense this season, like bar none at a, on a consistent basis, but just an incredible man, locker room presence, leader, all of the above. Um, and so to answer, I think one of the pervasive questions that's being asked at the moment is, does this impact who comes back under center? I think you and I both agree the answer is no. I think this is just a good move for the team, regardless of who's playing quarterback. And you can make the argument on either side, um, but just happy, happy for Aaron Jones, happy he's back. I would be the happiest person if he was a Packer for life. Yeah, agreed. And I know a lot of people were sticklers about the verbiage of being back because he technically left, never left, but he was like arguably one of the biggest candidates for a player that would unfortunately have to be released given the Packers salary caps situation that they're in being right. so high over the cap. So him being or, back was never fully guaranteed. Yeah. Or right. If you're looking at like, what if the Packers do full blow it up rebuild, this is probably your one player on offense besides the quarterback who would garner like a decent trade package. So the Packers just said no to the two scenarios Maggie and I just posed and said, no, he's actually worth more to us on our football team, which I agree with. 
I agree 100%. I mean, if you look at his numbers the last five seasons, he's had over 1,000 yards from scrimmage, had over 1,500 yards from scrimmage this season, even with us clamoring for the first, like, eight weeks to give him more touches and give him the ball more. (laughs) You know, I think he could have eclipsed 2,000 yards from scrimmage if he uh, had those touches, but just a dynamic player. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry for his entire career. Like, that yeah. is some elite company, and he's slowly rising in the Packers' rest uh, history books as well, which is kind of crazy to think about when the Packers have such a historic, long, over centuries year uh, history. So, both he love fits the right in there. Yeah, he I does. think the other fact that I loved is that this was his best season, one of his best seasons as a starter. Period. So you make the argument about aging running backs, blah blah blah. Well, he's actually only getting better as he plays, which is not something that tends to happen. So I think he's just a, a unique, he's just a unique player, a specimen all unto his own. And I think he deserved the, the restructure. He also, you know, pulled a really team friendly move and gave the Packers over 11, almost 12 million more dollars in cap space, which they, um, <laughs> very much need. So it's very much need. So it's just like a win, win, win all around. It's just, it's really interesting to me that when you look at his numbers, as far as like his career trajectory, he obviously had the just ex- insane 2019 where he had 16 touchdowns and, you mm-hmm. know, or 19 total touchdowns, 16 rushing touchdowns. His yards from scrimmage was second this season to that season. And he had the second most touches this season to that, you know, explosive season. And I think we talk about him being good and it almost felt like a down year for him. As weird as that is to say, like when you look at his stats, it felt like he didn't touch the ball enough. Because he didn't see the end zone as much, but that was just the Packers being like not great in the red zone, I think. Um, And also forgetting to use him down there. You made such a good point earlier, which is like he had one of his best seasons and yet we didn't even think that he played enough. Or like got enough touches out of it. So like, what could he do if we really, you know, get him the ball as much as I think everyone can see he deserves because the stats are pretty clear when he gets, I think it's what 15 plus 20 plus carries a game somewhere in that range. The Packers are like almost undefeated. (laughs) It's like a very clear correlation. And that could just be them being balanced in terms of like run pass. I don't know if that, you know, is different when AJ Dillon gets the ball as well. But regardless, he's so super important to this offense. He only makes this team better. The more he gets the ball, the better. And I think the duo with him and AJ Dillon is really important because it's also kept his legs fresh. It's kept AJ Dillon's legs fresh and it's allowed Aaron Jones to be able to be as successful and productive as he's been because he hasn't like been a workhorse like a Zeke or another running back his age okay I know this wasn't the direction that we were going to take the show but I do want to pose this question to you so AJ Dillon was 24 yards shy of a thousand yards from scrimmage season he had his most touchdowns he had nine or seven total touchdowns tied with Aaron Jones both of them tied behind only Christian Watson for uh, the most touchdowns this season um, only one fumble, which kind of surprised me, but do you think knowing that he's about to enter the last season of his rookie deal, the Aaron Jones extensions means anything as far as the Packers long-term considerations for Dylan? 
That's such an interesting question that I had not thought about because <laughs> I didn't realize because, you know, we're out here talking about Jordan Love, fifth year option, fifth year right. option. We forget that there are other players who might need to get extended. They don't that have a fifth year option. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think it's going to totally depend on the way AJ Dillon plays this season because I think we saw what he could be in 2021 right where he really kind of came alive and it was really like that one, two punch. It's wild to me that he was that close to a thousand yards from scrimmage. Cause I, again, also thought he had a yeah. down year, right. It did not look like the AJ that we kind of expected to come out after his sophomore season. So I think maybe this is the season to see, was this the real AJ Dillon or was that the real AJ Dillon? I'm on in the camp where like, I'm not, I don't know. I don't, I, I, as I'm actually very stumped by that um, because you can make the argument that you could find anybody right as that number two back in that rotation, but you can also make the argument that maybe this extension or restructure rather, I shouldn't call it an extension for Aaron Jones is really just a one year situation, not a two year situation. There's a lot of variables. Um, but if Dylan plays the way he did in the 2022 season, I can't see them doing it. What do you think? I, I'm kind of in the same boat. And I, I posed the question to you not really knowing what my own answer would be. But yeah, I mean, I think that they're such a dynamic tandem. And that's not to discredit either of them as players. But it's like you said, you do wonder if you could find some type of complimentary back elsewhere. Like you look at David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, not a high draft pick. The Bears didn't invest a lot into bringing Khalil Herbert in David Montgomery gets hurt Khalil Herbert kind of like you know explodes I think right now kind of have a luxury at running back they already yeah. had Aaron Jones and yet they took AJ Dillon with a second round pick which stumped everyone when it happened so I think it's like you said it's going to be a wait and see year but it, it would be hard to think of them investing two hefty contracts into two running backs I agree they but they also use a second round pick on him yeah. So priorities are question marks, but I do agree. Like there's just value. There's a lot of value somewhere else or anywhere else you look, especially if you do have Aaron Jones, right? Like that complimentary piece can be found. I mean, Jamal Williams was a fourth round pick and he was the perfect complimentary piece. They just didn't want to pay him. So I don't know if they go the Jamal Williams route, right. And let him kind of AJ Dillon go into free agency. AJ is the kind of player to me though, you know, he married a Green Bay local. He's the mayor of Door County. I can see him, you know, being more of a team friendly guy just to stay in Green Bay. So that's another like layer to the conversation. But we have a year to figure that yeah. out. <laughs> That'll be a topic for next off season if some restructure or extension doesn't happen in the meantime. That kind of kind of segues into, you know, the next topic that we had for the show. And that was the fact that the Packers had seven voided contracts as of yesterday. They didn't give any of these players any extensions. So those voided contracts, these players all become free agents once the new league year begins on March 15th. Those players are Adrian Amos, Dean Lowry, Jaron Reed, Randall Cobb, Mercedes Lewis, Mason Crosby and Robert Tunyon, who all combined are about 16.4 million dead cap hit for the 2023 Packers. Did you have any surprises in that? Or did you, I mean, it all seemed kind of expected at this point, as far as players that were going to become free agents. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Um, 
at all. <laughs> uh, I just, I think the Packers do need to do a bit of an overhaul. And unfortunately, none of these players really brought it this year. Um, they're going to be obvious holes that need to, f- they need to fill, but safety, defensive line, a slot receiver, the tight end room, period. Like we knew this. I think even if these players potentially were coming back, we'd still, they'd still need to fill holes here. Um, You and I talked about this a little bit pre-show. I think like maybe if Mason Crosby doesn't retire and he wants to do like a little one year deal, but I think even his leg this year, anybody could see that it was filling him on occasion. So none of these really like move the needle for me. And I'm not surprised that they weren't re-signed. This could be one of those, they let them go out on the open market, see what happens. If not, they do come back on a more team-friendly deal. Um, but all in all, not shocked. And I think moving on from each of these pieces is probably the right move. The cap hit, um, 16.4 for seven players, didn't dead money, could be worse. I think you also mentioned this pre-show at like $8 million of those is from Adrian Amos alone. So... It makes it just. It, I think it all fit and it made sense, but it also doesn't mean that it's like the end of the road for each of these guys. Yeah, I mean, I think there's like different reasons to keep certain players, right? I mean, the fact that Dean Lowry and Jaron Reed are both on here, you could make the case that maybe the Packers would bring back one of them because Devontae Wyatt is still developing and Kenny Clark needs help, and you know T.J. Slayton is a run stuffer and not a pass rusher. Whatever that case would be, Mason Crosby already made an argument for with Rich Basaccia's unit in that second season. I think, you know, with, with Tunyon and Mercedes Lewis, neither of those players would move the needle enough that you wouldn't take a tight end in the draft. You wouldn't look in free agency. Like I don't think any of these players really are going to prohibit the Packers from already going through either their free agency strategy or their draft strategy. I could see Adrian Amos coming back because you want a vet in the room, but I don't think, you know, that's going to stop the Packers from drafting a safety high. So yeah, it's like you said, it's it just it's I could see them coming back on cap friendly deals or team friendly deals, but I I don't see anybody that really is like a must resign. I actually think the only one that if they were going to bring him back, they would have done some kind of restructure extension would be Adrian Amos because of his dead money. I think the fact that they didn't do anything actually signals to me that they're moving on they're moving from on. him, which unfortunately is the right move based on the way he played this season. I think he was like criminally underrated as a safety for his entire time in green Bay and an incredible like free agent pickup when Boot got him before the 2019 season. Um, but if they could have done some kind of restructure to lower that cap hit and keep him for another year, I actually think that's something they would have done already. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think, you know, obviously we know Darnell Savage is going to be on the roster. They already picked up his fifth year option. Um, Rudy Ford, I know, was kind of interesting as far as what his contract could look like. I could see him coming back on like a one year, one million kind of deal where they're just rounding out that room. Dallin Levitt didn't really play any special, any uh, defensive snaps. Right. He was a special teamer. But, you know, I think the depth is there and we're going to see a complete overhaul of some of these positions, tight end and safety being the top two on the list. And obviously kicker would be kind of wild to see somebody other than number two on uh, kickoffs and field goals. Quietly, that's something I feel like no one is talking about, but the last two players from 
the 2010 Super Bowl on this team are Mason Crosby and Aaron Rodgers. And like, I mean, Mason Crosby is the leading scorer of franchise history. Like that guy is, and we've seen right across the league, the kicker woes that happen. I just think like you cannot take for granted what Mason Crosby has brought over the last almost 15 years of play, like consistency. So it is going to be, nobody likes to talk about the kicker battles of training camp, but like if they don't bring Crosby back and they need to find somebody, maybe it's someone on the roster already. I know they had a couple on the practice squad. Maybe they take someone in, in the off season. Like that's going to be a very important piece. Yeah. And I mean, we've seen what being a cold weather kicker can do or, you know, the inability to to make extra points or field goals in playoff games. And Mason Crosby has, I mean, I know he had the one down year a couple of seasons ago and they brought in competition and he won his spot back, but yeah, the green Bay is not an easy place to kick. And we've seen that with a ton of punters. So I think, I think that's going to be really telling regardless of who the quarterback is. Okay. So here's my question for you. Okay. okay. Does Mason Crosby deserve any kind of honors from this franchise? I know that kick- kickers are not, you know, guys who typically see ring of honor, et cetera, but he is the leading scorer in franchise history at the moment. Do you think that's like, do you think they do anything for him? Is that worth acknowledgement? It sounds silly because like, I don't know how big of honors these things are to people, but you've got like Mike McCarthy way in green Bay. Right. I could see them making like Mason Crosby drive or, you know, having like some type of, you know, special section in the hall of fame for him. The year he retires, he 1000% unequivocally will be in the Packers hall of fame in five years. Like he'll have those accolades, but I don't, I don't think it would be like a, we would retire the number two situation. No, no, no. That's definitely not what I was thinking. But I mean, yeah. So you think he'll definitely be in the Packers Hall of Fame? Oh, without a doubt. I think the first year he's eligible, he has to be. Okay. Yeah. I think he deserves it. Again, he was drafted in 2007. So like even from a longevity standpoint, that's an, that's an incredible, incredible career. It is. We got our our little Mason Crosby topic in (laughs) as well, I guess. Yeah, so let's uh, let's talk about then. We've got obviously the players that are about to become free agents. There were seven of them, technically eight, I believe, but Amari Rogers obviously left midseason, um, so that is old news at this point. Um, shout out to the Packers Wire for this really interesting article that kind of prompted some of this back half of the podcast discussion. But Zach Cruz looked at players that are most likely now to have contract restructures to stay with the team, you know, and and create some of that cap space now that Aaron Jones has reworked his deal and Kenny Clark is on this list, Jair Alexander, which might surprise some people, even though he just signed his extension and Preston Smith and David Bakhtiari, um, Rasul Douglas also on here and Devondre Campbell, different reasons for different players. But I definitely think that the Packers are going to have to get pretty creative with some of these restructures to get under the cap by the new league year. Yeah. I don't know necessarily how this works, but I would probably start with the guys who sign their extensions first. So I feel like first on the list would be Kenny because he signed it in the off season of 2020, which at this point feels like a lifetime ago, but you know, how long was his, how, what was it? A four year, 70 something million dollar deal. I think so. For four a guy years that doesn't even turn 28. Yeah. So, 
They're actually now at, we're going into the 2023 season. So they're actually now at the point where they could not only restructure him, but maybe actually add years on, right? Because he's he's got only two more because, before he becomes a full free agent. So next offseason would be when he would garner an extension. And I'm going to go ahead and say they're going to keep Kenny Clark on the roster for as long as humanly possible. So this might actually be the perfect opportunity to kind of kill two birds with one stone. Um, they could give him you know, the signing bonus, like they just did with Aaron Jones, give him some extra money up front, take some money off the cap, knowing that they're going to keep him longer than his deal anyway. Um, maybe add a year or two, push that stuff off for however long that they need to. And it actually, I don't, I would have to look at the numbers. I'm obviously not a numbers person, but I think it would actually make sense for them to do all of that now and not like push things into the future, but just say, Hey, we know we are going to want you on this team for X number of years. Let's just do this now and make everybody happy. Yeah. And I mean, I think, you know, Zach did a really nice job of highlighting players that I don't think any of the players that were listed are like cap casualties. You know, you could maybe make a case for David Bakhtiari, but regardless of who your quarterback is, He's a Green Bay Packer. He signed his extension. And you're going to need a franchise left tackle to protect whoever is under center. So I think a lot of these players are pretty safe as far as, you know, their status on the team in 2023 and beyond. Um, Mm -hmm. Preston Smith, maybe, you know, you could be some type of question mark. But with Rashawn not healthy, he is the guy in the edge room, regardless of who they draft, regardless of who they bring in in free agency. So lots of uh, moving pieces as far as cap numbers are concerned with a lot of a lot of this team. Is there one guy in particular that you think makes the most sense to do something now? Like the case I just made for Kenny, is there someone else that you would say, you know what, let's just do this now. It's going to help us now. It's going to help you. Everybody wins. Everybody's happy. I agree with you on Kenny. And I think a large part of that too, is because we talked about, you've got Jaron Reed, you've got Dean Lowry as guys who have hit the open market now as free agents or will become free agents when the new league year begins. So he's a hot commodity and he knows that his position, you know, he's got a lot in his corner right now as being the guy on the defensive line without Kenny, you know, (laughs) I don't even want to think about what this defensive line would look like. So locking him up. And I like, you know, what you said about an extension too. He, he doesn't turn 28 until October. So if you add, you know, a four year contract or restructure him and add on a couple of years, you're still talking about, a 32 year old by the time the end of this, this contract rolls around. So I think that definitely is a move that we'll see in the near future before the new league year begins. Cause all these moves have to be made, right? They don't have the choice. They have to get under the salary cap by March 15th. Yeah. Can't believe how long he's been in the league. It kind of blows my mind sometimes. Um, and he still looks great. He doesn't even look like a guy who's nearing 30 as long as he stays healthy. And I think part of that comes with drafting a guy like Wyatt to maybe hopefully take the load off for him. Um, totally different topic for another day. What about David Bakhtiari? Because this has been a conversation, I think, ever since, you know, injury aside, he's now linked to Rodgers. Um, they are best friends off the field, you know, their little crew with Cobb. And so, plus, add in the injury there, and it's like, it's fair to question whether Bach stays if Rodgers goes. I'm in the camp that Bakhtiari is fully capable of making his own decisions and will probably stay a Green Bay Packer. Regardless. Because, yeah, and they did just extend him. And quite frankly, he would be a gamble for another team if he were to get released, et cetera, whatever. Like his 
best bet is to come back, have another full season, fully healthy, prove it. And then he, we can have the conversation of whether he's worth keeping or if they want to let him go after this coming season. So like this coming season, he is due in March a $9.5 million roster bonus. He's going to be 32 this season and his base salary is 6.7. In 2024, that jumps up to his base salary being 20.2 million. So if they're going to do anything right now is this is the time. And I think he, again, I don't know him personally, but after the last couple of years of his career, I feel like the Packers have the leverage in this to say, look, we want you back. We're happy you're healthy, but we need to do X, Y, Z with your contract in order to make this work for everybody. Yeah. And I mean, I think there's something to be said and I'm not saying that like, you know, there's some hidden language here that Aaron Rodgers is like dropping hints, but I thought it was interesting that he mentioned David Bakhtiari is on the Pat McAfee show, like early in the off season as one of the guys that he'd want to come back when he was listing, you know, all the players that he'd want to play with, with because David Bakhtiari was already on the roster. Right. So to, right. to include him in there felt really subtle or subliminal as far and as he's like, not a free agent, right? The rest of right. these guys are free agents. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, it, it is, you know, maybe a discussion that the front office is having. And of course, there's things that come up in life that you can't plan for. He didn't expect to have an appendectomy after, you know, having knee surgery. So, you know, these things happen, you know, <laughs> even to NFL players. They're just like us. But <laughs> I know. But I, I do think that there's something to be said about, you know, if Aaron Rodgers is under center, David Bakhtiari, I would say it was back like 1000%. If it's Jordan Love. I could see that being a separate conversation, although I don't necessarily think that's completely fair to a new quarterback to not have a franchise left tackle there for them on that offensive line. Yeah, they are going to have to do something, though. I mean, I'm looking at his current contract in the 2023 season. His cap hit is 28.8 mil. It's over 12% of the entire cap. It's a lot. But they're not going to cut him, right? They're not going to cut him because that's like $23 million in dead money and you're only really saving almost six. It just doesn't make sense. It makes sense to restructure him. I mean, I guess they could cut him post-June 1. But even still, like from a roster-building perspective, that just doesn't even – that just doesn't even feel like the right decision. So – I think you move some money around and then you figure out what to do with David next year. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's like a changing of the guard. And we talk about it sometimes where the way that the Packers are kind of keeping this prolonged window open is just, you know, putting them in a tough situation for later down the line, instead of making some of these tough decisions a couple of years ago, and maybe those decisions cost less and they were easier. You're kind of in this purgatory of, players and not living up to their contracts and you know not knowing what the value would be for like a trade market or where they could go elsewhere so really curious to see what moves the Packers end up making before the new league year begins in March and free agency starts because like we said a lot of these Packers will become free agents obviously they can re-sign with the Packers they are still technically free agents so I don't know any final thoughts going into into next week no, I think um, obviously there's still many more big decisions to be made by this team. Um, my only thought was how glad I was that Aaron Jones went first. I think it it, it makes sense 
all around, not even from, you know, like take the person out of the equation. Like it just made sense for them to, to rework that. But all in all, I just think the attention on him as being like this, the first, you know, restructured, we're going to solidify this for you. Um, I found it very respectful for a guy who kind of deserves that from this franchise. So glad to have Aaron Jones back in all the question marks and all the bleakness of this season and off season. He is a bright spot. Yeah. And I mean, I think one of the things that you think about too is completely taking away whoever is under center. You're going into a season having Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon, Christian Watson, and Elton Jenkins, you know, as, as key pieces of your offense. And I think that that's, that's a, a good place to be a comfortable place to be. For just about any quarterback regardless of you know who that would be so that is all the time that we have for today's show you can follow the podcast on twitter at pwss podcast and you can find us anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts you can find perry on twitter at perry underscore goldstein you can find me on twitter at maggie j Loney. thank you as always for listening to the show for downloading for subscribing for interacting with us on social media everything we do is because we love to talk about football and talk about the Packers specifically. So thanks again. We'll be here next week. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.